welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen Seitz. And I'm Becky Ford. I'm laughing because Becky was about to take a sip of her drink, and then I started without warning her. I refrained. Good job. You can drink now. I'll talk for a okay, moment. thanks. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to talk about communicating what we need. We all need things in life. We all have emotional needs. We have physical needs. We have I, spiritual needs, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And it can be really difficult to communicate those in an effective way. But uh, having people read our minds just isn't really working for us. And we don't want to come across as needy. So how do we communicate what we need? How do we sort through this? All of that. We're going to talk about it today. And I'm excited. But first, Becky, what's on the rise for you this week? I'm so prepared to answer this question. You, your <laughs> face tells me you are 100% prepared to answer this question. I'm going to try not to copy. I'm not going to copy what you have, although I could. You can. I won't. Uh, what's on the rise for me this week? Actually, a family in town. Uh, she's leaving Tuesday. So she's here with us over the weekend. Tristan's sister, my sister-in-law, Desiree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been good. She. It's the first time we've had someone from Tristan's family stay for a long time. And now that Tristan's mom lives here, it's just different because yeah. she has a place. So Desiree's staying at her place, uh, but we're hanging out and getting to play with Sawyer. So yeah, yeah. just some family time with Aunt Desiree. Cool. That's yep. fun. What about you? Um, I have been trying to, we'll talk about this more in a couple of weeks, but the I've been trying to prepare for Murph, which is the Memorial Day workout that we do every year at CrossFit. Um, it's a lot. It's a mile run, a hundred pull-ups, two hundred push-ups, and three hundred squats, and then a mile run. And I just feel like every year I'm like, wow, why didn't I? Why didn't I practice for this? Why didn't I work on it? Because it just sneaks up on me. And so this year I'm trying really hard to actually prepare myself by doing push-ups. I need to work on my pull-ups. Yeah, so that's what's on the rise for me lately in the last couple of weeks and going forward in the next couple of weeks. Yay. Yay. Yes, we did Murph together last year and stayed together. It was nice. It was Mm -hmm. very nice. Maybe we can do that again. We'll see. Yeah. See what happens. It's always a little chaotic because we have to fit a lot of people in in two hours before it gets hot. And everyone always wants the good pull-up bars. Yes. (laughs) It's tricky. It is tricky. Yeah. All right. But today... We are going, no, wait, you already said, yeah, never mind. Wow. Did you just, my brain just had a whole conversation with itself oh. out loud. I'm so glad y'all got to witness that. I got scared for a second that I didn't ask you what was on the rise for you, but I did. Des- yeah, it was Desiree. You're yeah. good. Okay. Well, now that we got that covered. <laughs> it's going to be a great podcast. <laughs> it's going to be so good, you guys. All right. We're going to talk about communication, communicating <laughs> our needs. So just to give you an overview, we're going to talk about why it's hard to communicate what we need. And then we're going to talk about how to figure out what we need, because sometimes that's the problem. We don't actually know what we need. And then five steps to help you communicate your needs. So that's where we're headed today. Perfect. Great. Let's start with why it's hard. I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is that we feel weak or we feel needy or like we are, quote unquote, too much when we communicate what we need. And I know a lot of people have been told that they're, they are too much or that they ask for too much. Um, and that usually that's coming from someone who is unhealthy 
and they just don't know how to handle your emotions mm. and they don't know how to, to healthily process without taking on responsibility for how you feel. Because just because you tell someone what you need doesn't mean they are responsible for filling that need. They can try, they can, you know, work toward it, or they can communicate their boundaries, that kind of thing. But usually if someone tells you too much, you're, you, you are too much, that's, um, that's an indication of their boundaries being an issue, usually. Anyway, so that's the first one. We feel weak or needy or like we're too much. Uh, I found this quote from a life coach. It is... Psychology tells us that being attached to one another is a core human need that goes beyond childhood and into our adult lives. When we can recognize that, as social creatures, we are programmed to rely on each other, it paves the way for us to understand that inter interdependence is a sign of strength, end quote. So I, I love that because I feel like it communicates that we can rely on each other we can communicate what we need to each other, and that does not make us weak. It's a strength. I love that. Yeah. Um, and the other part of this feeling weak or needy or like we're too much is that I think our culture has communicated that getting emotional is a, a negative thing, especially to men. Men are not supposed to be emotional or have emotions. And then women often are painted as overly or unreasonably emotional, and everyone just has to deal with it and put up with it. But we all have emotions. They're part of who we are. They're part of life. And if we don't experience those emotions and process them, we won't change. And without emotions, we don't have joy. Mm. We don't have fear, which keeps us alive. Like we're missing out on a lot of things if we cut out our emotions. And so I think that's part of why we don't want to communicate what we need because we don't, we don't think we're supposed to be, quote unquote, emotional people. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. All right, that was reason number one. Reason number two of why it's hard to communicate your needs. We want people to read our minds. We do. And I think that makes sense to me. We want to feel known. Yeah. Like, I would love it if someone just knew automatically what I needed. If I could walk into Starbucks and be like, just mentally, telepathically. <laughs> your order. And my order is already there and made for me. I'd be like, sweet. Yep. I want to feel known. It's convenient. It's wonderful. But I that's just not, it's not going to happen. It's not realistic. Yeah. And also I value my privacy. So I don't think I really would <laughs> want someone to be able to read my mind. But we long for connection as humans and we need it. And often we feel this like false sense that the people in our circle should just get us. They yep. should just understand. But that's not true. If your social circle is a good social circle, it's full of people who think differently from you and act differently from you, which means that they're not going to do the same thing in a situation as you would. And so we don't, we can't really expect those people to just automatically get us without us communicating first. I can't help but think of romantic relationships here because yeah. I'm sure this happens all the time. Yes. And it is just learning, like, even though someone, to your point, like, yeah, they love you, they spend a lot of time with you, yep. they still can't read your mind. If you say, don't give me a Valentine's Day gift, I don't <laughs> want anything, and then they don't, and then you're angry. Yes. How many women out there can probably say they've done that? <laughs> that you told them no. How yeah. are they supposed to read your mind that you were just trying to be, like, all cute, Yes. And, but you really <laughs> wanted something? And, and it is. It's just you can't 
fulfill expectations or needs if you don't communicate it, no matter how close people are. Like we've all heard, you know, when you assume what that makes us. Yes. Yeah. It's not helpful. No. And the other part of reading our minds, I think, is that we're trying to avoid conflict. We're trying to avoid that feeling of, you know, what I need is is conflicting with what you need or you're not going to be happy about it or then we have to sort this out. And we we don't want to deal with that. But the reality is that conflict, as we've said many times, conflict is not bad. Mm -hmm. Conflict, you can work through it in a healthy way and move both of you forward, Um, whether it's a partner or a friend or a teammate or whatever. Um, Conflict is not bad, but we do instinctively want to avoid it because of that. Next reason we avoid or we don't communicate what we need is that we don't even know what we need. Often, I have feelings and they affect how I'm viewing a situation. And I'll be like, I something needs to change, but I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like if someone asked me right now, okay, what do you need in this situation? I'd be like, I don't know. Just mm-hmm. try some stuff and see what happens. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And I think this is the most common of all of the reasons why we don't communicate is because we haven't taken the time and the effort. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to figure out what we need and when we need it specifically. And I think a lot of us just haven't done that. And then last reason, according to psychology today, we assume that others will act and react the same way we would in any given situation. And that's part of a bias, you know, our internal bias. Mm-hmm. And it can eventually, if people don't continue to not react the way that we think they will, it can lead to a negative bias, which then every time someone does something or says something, you see it negatively, even if it was positive. Mm. So that's a that's a path we don't really want to want to head down because it's really hard to come back from that. Yeah. So that's the the final reason of why we why we tend to not communicate when we need. Any thoughts so far, Becky? I was curious, which one you said that you don't know what you need. You think that's your number one? I think so. Yeah. I I actually think that's probably my number one. Sometimes yeah. I just don't know what I need. My second would probably be the week. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and that's probably more so in more of like a work setting. Yeah. Yeah. Versus friends and family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can't count how many times I've heard a friend say, I should be able to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I should be able to do this on my own or I should be able to figure this out or I should be able to manage my emotions or whatever. Well, why? Like who made that rule that Mm -hmm. you can't communicate what you need and have other people help you with it? Yeah. That's what, why, where did that expectation come from? And it is part of, partially a Western American thing, I think. But yep. yeah. Fun times. Okay. So <laughs> let's move toward the positive a little bit. Yay. And talk about how do we figure out what we need. Uh, the first thing is pretty darn obvious. Take the time to reflect and figure it out. <laughs> so if you sit down for a few minutes and you think, okay, where are my main frustrations happening? Where are the big conflicts happening or miscommunications? And you sit down and you think about those. Maybe you write it down. And then you sit through and think, okay, how do I feel in those moments? What am I experiencing? What is setting me off? Um, and then what would help? That's really how you get down to figuring out what you need is what would help this situation and is that something that i need to change or something that someone else could change yep and sometimes 
I discover, okay, what I need in this situation is not for someone else to do something different. I just need to go away. Like I need mm-hmm. to walk away from this situation. I need to be by myself for the next three hours and I, everything will be fine. Yeah. So it's not always communicating, I need someone else to do something for me. Sometimes it's communicating, hey, I need this. It's not about you. And so I'm going to do this and I don't be offended by it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is I'm walking away or I need a weekend away or uh, I need you to stop talking because we are in this car together and I just need half an hour of silence. Whatever it is, it's not always about the other person. Frequently it's about you, but you still need to figure that out and communicate it. Yes. So that's number one. Number two, how to figure out what you need. Also equally obvious but not easy, is go to therapy. There's something incredibly helpful about having someone who doesn't know your people talk to you about your people. I don't, yeah. I haven't really figured out what that is. Do you have, do you, have you had that experience with anyone else? I, I think about it from a coaching perspective. Yeah. So therapy, and traditionally therapy, I think more like thinking through the past and so it could be like reflecting on that moment mm-hmm. when you needed something, but you didn't know what. Um, coaching, it's also digging into those moments, but thinking and really processing through future. And and that's one of the reasons we talk about why, what's the value in having a coach, a personal yeah. coach, professional coach? Why would you do that? And it is, it's having an objective person who's very actively listening and they have no bias towards any of your friends or people. And so I definitely uh, have observed that value through the coaching lens and Mm -hmm. setting. And it it is, it's just, it's shocking sometimes how having someone who's totally out of that circle and objective, how they can hear and identify things that you don't even pick up as you're talking and help open up your perspective to a whole nother lens you weren't, uh, you weren't seeing before. Yeah. I mean, sometimes my therapist will say, do you realize you've said this word six times? And I'm like, what? What? No. Yeah. <laughs> Why do yeah. I do that? Is it my mom? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can pick up on patterns and see things about people and make connections of, is that really about that person or is that about you? Is that yep. something you need to fix? Now for therapy to work, you really, therapy or even life coaching or whatever, you know, having that outside person, um, you really need to be as honest as you can possibly be, which mm-hmm. if I'm being honest, can really suck. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really hard. I was talking about this with a friend of ours the, the other day. Counseling is exhausting. Therapy is exhausting. Coaching can be exhausting or, mm-hmm. you know, receiving coaching because you really have to dig into your feelings. You have to dig into your motivations. You have to dig into your past and it can be difficult and exhausting to face those things. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing there is just to give yourself grace for that, to know, okay, on counseling days, I'm not going to be capable of making big life decisions because I'm going to be too tired. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to take half an hour to go on a walk after every coaching session so that I have time to process what just happened and then I can move on. Yeah. And just giving yourself grace, knowing that that's, that's if someone is being honest in those kinds of situations, it's difficult and takes energy. Yep. Next reason, or next thing we can do to figure out what we need is ask your people what they've noticed. This one can be equally terrifying <laughs> as therapy because sometimes I am scared to ask my friends of, you know, when do you see me overreacting? 
when do you see me unhappy that I shouldn't necessarily be, or there's no obvious reason for me to be unhappy? Um, what patterns do you see in my emotional reactions? Those kinds of questions. It can be scary, but we want to move forward. We want to process through those things. I want to specifically because I don't want to explode on people. Mm-hmm. I would rather process it through and have it be kind of painful and have to take the time to do it and then be less likely to become a social bomb in a room yeah. that blows everything up. And you can even ask people who react badly to you. I Sometimes this is helpful and sometimes it's not. So just keep that in mind. Um, you can ask them, you know, if you're constantly in a fight with someone or you have a negative relationship with someone, you can say, you know, what is it? that you're seeing in me that causes you to react this way. But make sure you frame it as, I want to work on myself. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me what is it that you see happening that causes you to react this way? And then you can work on it. But you have to approach that as, I'm going to work on this, not like... I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking you. And not subtly be like, ooh, maybe if I do this, they'll realize they're an idiot. (laughs) you You have to approach it knowing what it is that you're working on yourself. Mm-hmm. but that's that's rough yeah and it, it just comes with that genuine desire to see to see into your blind spots mm-hmm. and if you've never heard of that blind spots we all have them every single human out there it is yeah. impossible for you to 100% see things from every perspective and there are things that we just are blind to about ourselves so it grows our self-awareness which in return will grow our ability to understand other people which is going to grow your emotional intelligence as a whole. But it is hard. It is hard when people can identify things that you don't see in yourself, but you, and I, I anytime I ask for feedback and I encourage people to do this, ask for examples, mm-hmm. ask for what have you observed or when have I done what, if they tell you, sometimes you, I don't know, sometimes you mumble and I can't understand you. You'd be like, give me some examples, you know? I, that's like a say, silly. Wait, what did you just? What did you just? You were mumbling. <laughs> that makes me think of Pitch Perfect. The, oh yeah, the chick. Yeah, she's like, ah, I ate my twin in the womb. Yeah, she says crazy I things. Sleep, I sleep upside down, but like a bat. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so, so it's just, it's hard. It is yeah. hard. We do it because we genuinely want to get better. Yeah. And it's just accepting that that is the price we pay to improve. And that everyone has those, as you said, everyone has blind spots. It's not, this is not unique to you. Mm -hmm. That's something that helps me is thinking about the fact that I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in needing to grow. Mm -hmm. And so, and I might even be doing better than some people because I'm trying to grow. (laughs) Yep. And not to, you know, make myself uh, seem superior or something, but just using that as motivation to continue pushing into it. Exactly. All right, so those are our three ways to figure out what we need. Take the time to reflect, go to therapy, ask other people what they've noticed. Anything to add on there, Becky? Any other ways that you feel like you could learn what you need and how to communicate it? I know we'll talk about communication next, steps. Mm. Those those would be my top three. Okay. Um, reflect is definitely the first one I think of. Yeah. And as simple as that sounds, and you even said it, it's just hard to make the time and protect that time. Uh, and I'm guilty of that too. When my calendar, I have it blocked, but some uh, something else comes up, 
it's easy to deprioritize that. So just keeping that priority can make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're going to move on to five steps to clearly communicate what you need. And I have it here in capital letters. Once you've figured it out, you're ready for these steps. Once you've figured out what you need. If you try to communicate what you need before you figured out what you need, it's probably not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Now, you could... It, sometimes in the conversation where you ask someone, if it's you know someone, a close friend or something, you ask, you know, what do you think I am reacting to? What do you think might help me? Or have you noticed in the past things that you can change, that you've done that have helped me to not react this way and then try to learn from that? Sometimes that can turn into the conversation of, okay, this is what I need now that we've figured it out together. But unless you're having that kind of conversation, this needs to be two different events (laughs) and you Mm -hmm. need to approach this differently than figuring out what you need. So number one, approach it like any high stakes, emotionally charged conversation. We've done a podcast in the past about crucial conversations. You can go back to that. So the, the things I would say there are, Don't do it in the heat of the moment if you need to calm down. And usually if I need something and it's not getting met, you, like I'd say 80% of the time, I'm not doing well and I need to (laughs) calm down. Yep. (laughs) Especially if I feel like I've communicated it before and maybe I communicated it poorly or they just didn't understand or whatever. And I'm like, why don't you get this? Mm -hmm. And I need a moment. Yep. And whether that's literally a minute or a couple of days to think through it and process it, that's that's okay. And that's a good thing to do with a highly charged conversation. Second thing, choose the right time and place to address it. Again, this is all coming from the crucial conversations stuff of, you know, set the right time. If there's going to be a bunch of toddlers running around and asking for your attention, probably not the best time to have a serious conversation. Um, just, you know, choosing the right time and place so that you can both, both focus and then think through what to say in advance. Now you don't have to script out your conversation, but this is part of figuring out what, what you need is figuring out, okay, how am I going to communicate what I need and what will be the way that best communicates it to this person specifically? Now, I'm highly individualistic. It's one of my strengths. And so I communicate to everyone differently. <laughs> I know not everyone is like that, and that's okay. Um, but think through what what will this person take as a helpful conversation and plan it out a little bit. And then, lastly for this one, leave time for the other person to think and respond. And you can come back to it another time if you need to. I mean, if they need a moment, if you can say, do you want a minute to think about this and process this? Or you can say, do we need to come back to this conversation before we talk about action steps, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, it's okay if they need time. You needed time to think about it. Mm-hmm. They might need time to process it. And that is okay. It does not need to be resolved in one conversation. Thoughts on that? <laughs> I have a very vivid example oh, from just like two weeks ago. And one of the, the, the thought I have, there was a moment that triggered a reaction, reaction, mm-hmm. and it was about an administrative type of task that was going to take a while that did involved the gym, mm-hmm. and my husband doesn't like doing those things. And uh, so 
I definitely had high emotions when I told him, hey, you need to do this. Yeah. And need to do it this week. And his reaction not being great. And uh, so, yeah, the big tip I have when we talk about giving yourself time, uh, I had to go run, run some errands. And man, did I have the most punchy text written up. <laughs> and I wanted to hit send so bad. Yeah. And it's catching. It's so hard. But it's catching yourself when your emotions are high and thinking, <laughs> what would I think if I read this text in two yeah. days? Yeah. And I actually copied it and pasted it into the notes of my phone. And and part of that was just like to go back and remember like, what am I thinking? And and I process it like in that that moment when we had that interaction, how did he make me feel? What did that cause me to think? Or what stories am I telling myself? Mm-hmm. And what is that causing me to want to do? Use profanity. Yes. <laughs> Which <laughs> I don't normally do. Yeah. And so it's just catching yourself in those moments. I did not send the text. Uh, but to this point, it talks about choose the right time and place. I texted him and I was like, hey, I have some strong emotions about how you reacted to me asking you to do this task, which is also not my job mm-hmm. to do this task. Uh, I would really like to talk to you when you have free time. I know your day's busy. And we did end up having a conversation that day at our house because I was working from home. And then the next day had a much more expansive conversation after he had time to digest and think on it. So like very much the steps you just went through just like two weeks ago, got to walk through that emotionally charged, just one of the... One of the cherries that comes with owning a business with a spouse yeah. and having, you know, you guys have to do everything. Yeah. And that task divvying up brought up, you know, some needs for me. Like, yeah. I need you to know that I will not just handle all of these tasks that you don't like. Like, yeah. this is not my responsibility either. Um, so, yeah, I, I for me, it, that, that's just an example yeah. and a big tip if you want to send a text message, ask yourself, in two days, if I read this, yeah. or if my this person I'm communicating with screenshotted this, would I be proud of myself? Yes. <laughs> my answer was no. Would I stand behind this? <laughs> mm, perhaps not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. I love that. I also, two other things. Uh, I did not try to set you up for that. I was, that no, wasn't my intention. I, I truly <laughs> believe that. It was just like a perfect, as you're going yeah. through this, it's like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. And then I think... Yeah, I love that you talked about finding a time and a place, but also I think it's something you said, you talked about it at home, and that's a safe place. So it's not just the right time and the right place, but it's having Mm -hmm. a safe time and a safe place where neither of you are feeling like you got to go or you feel like it's the other person's domain or whatever, having a safe place to have that conversation. No other people are around. Yeah. Yep. So thank you for sharing that example. Yes. Perfect example. Okay, so that was number one. Approach it like any high-stakes, emotionally-charged conversation. Number two, assume the best. This can be difficult. (laughs) (laughs) But, and especially if you tend toward that negative bias about someone's, you know, if they've disappointed you frequently in the past or they haven't acted on a conversation that you've had in the past, it can be really easy to just assume they're not going to do it. But that doesn't set either of you up for success. So trying to assume that they want to help you meet your needs Mm -hmm. as you go into the conversation. And part of that is um, trying not to sound like you're accusing them, which we talked about. Um, Not saying, okay, 
I need this and you're not giving it to me. Yep. Um, which is difficult to do in the heat of the moment. And so trying to calm yourself and say, okay, I'm going to communicate this and I'm really hoping that and expecting them to work with me and maybe not exactly do what I want, but to work with me to because they want to help. They want to help my needs be met. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty key. If you can start that way, it's really helpful, I've found in the past. Yeah. Three, I don't even have notes after past or for this one, but uh, be clear but kind. Brene Brown. Yes. Yeah. The most clear you can be, but also be kind. And part of that mm-hmm. is assuming the best, but also approaching things in, in just a kind tone and saying, you know, I, I understand like you said to you, your husband saying, I know you have a busy day. That was, that's kindness coming out of saying, okay, this is realistic. Um, let's talk about this when we can. Mm-hmm. And not trying to push into that conversation before it was when one of you was going to be stressed. So be clear, but kind. And clarity can sometimes feel harsh when we are not used to being clear. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, number four. Include action steps. I'm trying to think of a recent example for me. I mean, yeah, even the one of saying, okay, I'm reacting badly in this situation because I'm exhausted and I need time alone. Um, Saying, okay, this is, I need time alone. I have it in me to watch one episode of one show with you. And then I need to be away by myself before Mm -hmm. I accidentally murder someone (laughs) like communicating that action step of whether you're just telling someone what you need or if you're asking them to to change their behavior or change something on what you need you can give them clear action steps I'm trying to think of another example you have any great examples over there it's interesting because uh I, I the one that popped in my mind is similar to what you just said but it's my husband needing more alone time mm. because he's around people all the time. I know we talked about rest. Uh, he he needs rest from people. And for me, that was really hard to understand. And he's communicated that to me because I'm like, oh, you get home at 8.30, three days a week. I want time with you. Yeah. And and it's it's understanding that need and the steps for me. I'm very much like, okay, how long do you need? Are you done yet? Are, <laughs> Are you, you ready? Done? Can I talk um, to you? Can Hello? I be in the same Hi. room? So it is important. Like I am the opposite of what Ash just said. Yeah. I am the the roommate. I am the spouse that's like, are you ready? Have you got what you need? Yeah. Um, and so for me, it is important to know, like, I need you to tell me exactly. I want to know when can I spend time with you? Mm-hmm. So is it 30 minutes? Is it, uh, you know, 10 minutes? So uh, that sounds so specific, but that's what I need yeah. because I've been waiting to get to hang out with you. And I married you because I really like you. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to spend time with you. And it, he could take that as, ugh, she doesn't want to give me what I need. But that's not true. You do want to give him what you need, but you also mm-hmm. need things too. Yeah. So again, coming into that, assuming the best about both of you, that you both want each other to be happy mm-hmm. because you love each other, you care about each other. But sometimes that does take some negotiation yep. and compromise. I... I was thinking about work situations with this. I mean, this is not just romantic partners. This is basically any relationship. Mm -hmm. You can communicate what you need and probably should communicate what you need. Um, I am someone who 
unless it's an emergency and like something needs to get fixed right on the spot, mm. I want you to communicate something positive to me before you communicate criticism. And that just helps me not feel like you don't appreciate the work that I put in because mm -hmm. I can guarantee you I worked hard. That is a guarantee. So even if the only thing you say is, thank you so much for your work on this. Here's, here are the 10 things that need to get changed. That's fine. I, but if you start with, here are the 10 things that need to be changed, I'm going to be like, do you not realize I spent 15 hours on this project? Um, and that's just something that I need. And trying to communicate that in a way that says, I know my bosses, my teammates want to give me what I need to work well and to function well and to feel at home on our team. And so I'm asking them to do this. And holding them to that to a certain extent of, hey, remember we had that conversation? Can we try to do that more yeah. because I will be more effective in my role if we can do that. Um, yeah. Including action steps. Yep. It can be tough. Yeah. Work, work wise. I think that was a, a beautiful example. And just this week we did a team charter and it is, it was two days of saying, this is what I need from communications. Mm, yeah. Like I need you to communicate with me this way, that way. This is what I need around conflict. I need you to bring conflict mm. to me first and da, 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 da. And, and so work is a huge place. I'm glad that you emphasize that. It's not just outside of work yeah. because your your manager needs to know how do you want feedback? Yep. Your team members need to know what what is your working standard? Like do you hold your calendar from 3 to 3.30 to see your kids get off the bus? Right. So, so communicating those needs and specific you say action steps, the more clear we can be, the better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was number four, including action steps. Number five, last one we'll talk about, wrap up well and revisit the topic. I mean, obviously, if the changes you, the action steps you asked for are not happening, you want to revisit the topic. But it's also helpful to revisit the topic when it's going well, because mm -hmm. you can say, hey, we had this conversation and I asked you for this. And you've been doing it, and it's great, and I appreciate that. Because if, if you don't acknowledge that a change happened, it can be really easy for someone to be like, well, it doesn't mat seem to matter, and then slip back into whatever they were doing before. And not because they hate you, but just mm -hmm. because whatever they were doing before was their natural reaction, and they don't feel like what you asked of them is helping. So making sure that you communicate appreciation. And then if something doesn't change or they don't act on it having that revisiting conversation of saying hey we talked about this here's another example this is what i need being clear and kind and saying you know can we try to move toward that in the future or is there an issue that we could talk about revisiting the conversation and saying do we need to change the action step is this not realistic what what do you need from me to make this happen mm -hmm. Um, I would like to say there, there's a difference here between those kinds of conversations and ultimatums. Ultimatums are, if you do X, I will do Y. And I would see those as the negative end result of this process. So if you consistently ask for what you need and revisit the conversation and, you know, kindly and clearly say, what can we do to make this happen? or is this not realistic, or whatever, and they say, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and they don't, then it's time to have a conversation of, okay, if you don't do this, or if you do this, I need to do this. 
um, if you don't don't meet that, especially in romantic relationships, but at work too. Like yeah. if you don't respect my boundaries or if you don't respect um, that I'm working hard or whatever, I will quit or I will file a formal complaint. Or, I mean, I did that. I did that at my last job. I said, uh, I need this change to be made on this team within the next year or I will need to quit. It's not, this mm -hmm. is not a threat. I'm telling you what I will need to do. And if we can make this change, great. And if we can't make this change, then I will have to move on. Mm -hmm. And um, at 10 months into that year, we had made no progress toward that change. And so I said, hey, I don't think this can happen in the next two months. And I am not doing well, so I'm going to step away um, and acting on that ultimatum mm -hmm. in some ways. So, but trying yeah. not to make that threatening, not making it, you know, if you don't pull yourself together, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. But to, to credit you, I've heard so many managers who've had people come and say, I'm leaving and they tell them why. And they say, why didn't you tell me sooner? Mm -hmm. I could have. So uh, you, the great thing is you gave them the opportunity and that was a conflict you're willing to bring up. They can't change it if they don't know about it. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Now, some organizations and people, if they don't change, all right, yeah, you're stepping away. But at least you gave them the opportunity. Yeah. Because I wanted it to change. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to be feel safe and flourish there. And I wanted the organization to move toward a place where someone like me could feel safe and flourish there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah. difficult, though. Yep. It is. Yeah. It's hard. That's why we talk about it here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are our five action steps. Uh, one, approach it like any high stakes, emotionally charged conversation. Two, assume the best. Three, be clear but kind. Four, include action steps. And five, wrap up well and revisit the topic. Any, you, anything to add there, Becky? No. I think you did a great job. And it's so crazy that we could do a whole podcast on just telling people what you need. And the reason we do, as you just said, it is hard. Yeah. It's hard. And whether it's we feel weak or we feel like people don't, we're going to be a burden or we don't know what we need. And this, this is all just such a good reminder of the power in, you know, self-awareness, asking yourself, what do I need? And then understanding there are no mind readers that I know of, except for <laughs> yes. like superhero movies, maybe. Right. There are no mind readers and we have to communicate it because people can't be expected to fulfill what you need if they don't know. Yeah. And we can't assume that they do know. One article I read about this said, uh, language is our only way to, to tell them. Yeah. Like words are literally the only way to let people know what we need. Yeah. With that, we hope that this week you feel confident in not only identifying what do you need and knowing that we all need things. Yeah. You are normal. That's normal. <laughs> it's totally normal. Don't panic. Identifying what you need, whether that's asking people, taking time to reflect, therapy, coaching, and then how you communicate it is so important. As Ash just said, language is our only way to communicate that. We hope this week you can marinate on this, <laughs> chew on it, Think about it, reflect on it. And if there is an area in your life where you need to be communicating better, do it. You've got some yeah. steps now. Go through the steps. Go through the steps. Go back and hit rewind. If you need to listen to those again. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us on our podcast. We hope that you will uh, continue to listen. Please send us any new ideas you have to our social media handles on the Rise Group, and uh, we will get those ready for the future. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.